0: I want to talk to you for just a brief few moments tonight on the subject, the thought, we have the victory. Psalm 118 is an interesting chapter, and the Holy Spirit began to deal with me about this and began to show me some things. And uh, he actually, normally I have a verse or a thought in mind before before that I start writing a sermon. But this time, the Holy Spirit just gave me a sermon title, and then he started building around that. And, and so, Psalm 118, verse 14, the Bible says in the New Living Translation, the Lord is my strength and my song. He has given me Victory. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has given me victory. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just pray you'll bless these people real good tonight. I pray that you would just uplift their spirit, uphold them by your righteous right hand, Lord. Whatever they got going on, whatever they're going through, Father, I pray that you would just be their champion in this moment. The champion is the one who has victory, and the Bible says you've given that to us, and I just praise you right now for that. Father, I pray you hide us inside the shadow of the cross so No single thing that I do or that I say would be seen by any person in this room, but by the the oracle of heaven, that spirit would come upon me and, and that I would speak every true and good and holy thing from this book to these good people. Father, I just pray right now that you would allow us to hear and to see and to understand and have revelation of your word. In Jesus' name, everybody say amen, and you can be seated. Uh. According to Merriam-Webster, which is the Bible of dictionaries, the definition of victory is the overcoming of an enemy or antagonist or achievement of mastery or success in a struggle or endeavor against odds or difficulties. And I began to look at this, and the Bible actually, believe it or not, The Bible actually does not say a whole lot about victory. There's only 116 times in all 66 books that the Bible talks about victory. And I began to think when the Holy Spirit started giving me this, downloading this to me, um, I began to think of major days that we celebrate as a country. Um, And you may not know about these two, but the two that stand out in my mind are VE Day and VJ Day. And for those of you that don't know what that is, that's victory in Europe. At the end of World War II, they would congratulate you. They'd say, Happy V.E. Day. It was the victory in Europe over the Germans. And then after Japan surrendered, they coined the term Happy V.J. Day. And they, would have, they have a day, if you actually look this up, it's actually some calendar makers still put this on the calendar because it's something that want, they wanted to be remembered. It was a very important part of our history. And, in fact, if you look, on July 2nd, um, there was this thing that just happened this month that we celebrate on the 4th because it was ratified on the 4th, but it was all put together and signed on the 2nd. And we call that the Declaration of Independence. And and the Holy Spirit began to show me some things, and July 4th is a noticeable day. It's a very notable day for those of you that didn't notice all the loudness that was going on, all the smoke that was happening outside. Those are called fireworks, and we celebrate that day. In the, in the declaration of our freedom, and it's interesting to me because when they declared that they were free, they were declaring theirself into a fight, and and we declared war on a much larger country than ourselves, more people, and it was done with anticipation of victory. Nobody ever declares war and expects to lose. So why do we act like Satan has already beaten us in every single fight and attack? Actually, in all honesty, where this came from, this whole sermon came from a thought that I had while watching a movie. And uh, I, I was born in 93, and in case you didn't know, in the year 1992, there was this movie put out by Walt Disney... It was an original film, and nobody thought that it would ever be what it has become today. This movie was titled The Mighty Ducks. Walt Disney Productions put out this original film, and it has now swept the world over, so much so that it got two cartoon shows, three films, and this year was rebooted uh, into a TV series. It's been, it's been a great success, an original film that was a great success, and... Uh, it's, this movie, in case you had not seen it, is about a group of misfit hockey players who hold the desire to play but unable to purchase the quality equipment needed or find sponsors to provide that equipment or find a quality coach to coach them into victory. And the first movie came out and... In the movie The Mighty Ducks, they end up winning the state championship, going from a group of ragtags, winning the state championship. And then that movie was so successful, Disney was like, man, we're going to put out another one. It's called D2, The Mighty Ducks. And in this movie, I was watching this, and this is where this all really came from. He told me, he said, and and he said, you have the victory. I'm watching this. I'm like, man, that's interesting because I've seen the end of the movie. I know how it turns out. And it reminded me how when I read my Bible, I've already read the book, And I know how this thing turns out. We win. No matter what comes my way, I win. And so uh, I was watching this movie, and in the second movie, D2, the Mighty Ducks, they're going to the Junior Goodwill Games, and they are now Team USA. They're not the Mighty Ducks anymore, anymore. and their, their theme, their mantra is Team USA going all the way. And as the movie progresses, Team USA is just wearing out teams left and right. And then they come up against the Iceland team. And Iceland is just a cremator. They just wear these kids out. I mean, they just demolish them. I think they put one goal on the board. And they're just totally demoralized. And they're... All acting out of character. They're not acting like the winners that you've seen in the first movie and up to this point in the second movie. They're not acting like they're supposed to because somebody has come in from the blind side and has taken them off their pedestal of the victor's crown. And so uh Team USA actually loses their first round with Iceland, then they progress through the tournament, double elimination, and they get to the end. And they get into the championship game, and guess what? Team Iceland is there again. And it's interesting to me because as I was watching this, the Lord started showing me some things. It's always the things that you've already overcome or have faced once that you find further down the road that comes to stand in your way again. And now it's just like the first match, all right? They start the the championship game. The end of the tournament is drawing near. They play two periods of hockey, and they're down again. They haven't even put a go on the board. They're getting wore out by Team Iceland again. And then they go into the locker room, and while they're in the locker room, they start changing how they're acting with one another. And I want you to go ahead and show this clip so they can see what I'm talking about because they have a shift when they come out of the locker room. You can tell from the very moment that clip starts that something is different than the movie that I just described to you. Something has changed dramatically. And, and the Holy Spirit began to deal with me. He began to tell me, he said, he said uh, at the end of this scene, something has now changed. And you just got a feeling that everything is going to be all right. Uh, Y'all gonna have to get on board with me now. Uh, You got a feeling that everything's gonna be all right and the Ducks end up going on to win the Junior Goodwill Games. But the Holy Spirit spoke to me. He said, I know 2020 was a bust and I know life has been hard for many people and life I know has been hard for me and Tiffany. We were in the middle of remodeling and Tiffany wasn't able to go to work for like five months. And then we was constantly dealing with with Elizabeth's sickness, and then ultimately we lost Elizabeth, and then trying to grow with one another and trying to love one another like is needed. And if I begin to name it before long, I get downtrodden, and I get defeated extremely fast, and I don't really feel like I'm a victor. How many of you know that when you go to war, a victor is the one who takes away the spoils? When you go to war, a victor is the one who takes away the spoils. So I want to know why we don't act like who we are. And the Lord started showing me in this Psalm 118, and I want to share this with you. He showed me this. He showed me a few things that I want you to see right here. He said, he said the entire movie of this, of this D2, the Mighty Ducks, hinges on one scene. And God says, I have a life of victory for you, but you've got to get right with people in this one season. If there ever was a time where we needed to be close to God and near people who are far away from God, now is the time. And he told me, he said, he said, he started showing me through the scripture, he said, love is the place where victory dwells. If you want to have victory in your life, you must love one another. You cannot have a victorious life and not love people. And you cannot love people you have not forgiven. Psalm 118, 1 through 4, the Bible says, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. Then it says, let all Israel repeat, his faithful love endures forever. Let Aaron's descendants, the priests, repeat, his faithful love endures forever. Let all who fear the Lord repeat, his faithful love endures forever. And I don't know about you, but if it had not been for the grace of God, I I would have been in a different place and if it had not been for the mercy of God I should have been in a different place but because of his great grace and his great mercy he decided that in January of 2000 that I was worthy to be called a son of God and since that day my life has experienced many ups and many downs but I've experienced far more victories because of his great love that picked me up I want you to know tonight the first thing you got to do is you got to love people you got to love people and then he told me to tell you that the mind is the space which victory always occupies first you cannot have a life of victory and a defeated mindset of broken and hateful thoughts Psalm one eighteen five 5 through 7 says, In my distress I prayed to the Lord, and the Lord answered me and set me free. How many of you know that the distress is a place of mind? Distress is a place of mind. And the Bible says, David wrote this, is who they believe wrote this. He said, In my distress I prayed to the Lord, and the Lord answered me and set me free he set his mind free from distress of the life that he was living now the lord is for me so i will have no fear how many of you know fear is in the mind <laughs> There's a lot of things that if you don't teach a child when they're young, they will never be fearful of. They'll never be fearful of snakes or spiders or water unless you instill that fear on the inside of them. So fear is in the mind. And the Bible says he's, the Lord is for me, so I will have no fear. My mind will not be fearful. What can mere people do to me? And what this stuck out to me because, you know, David had some encounters with people even his own men tried to kill him one time and and he said what can mere people do to me and the devil wants you to say well uh you know i'm gonna die someday anyways and i just can't live like that on the extreme of things and being bold and and all this i'm just gonna sit back and you know what he wants you to say that because he wants you to live in the fear that your life will never have an effect And so you have to get to the place David got to and realize the Lord is for you in your mind. The Lord is for you and you cannot have broken or hateful thoughts because it says in verse 7, yes, the Lord is for me. He will help me. I will look in triumph at those who hate me. If people are hating on you and they're backbiting against you and they're scandalizing your name, you need to know that the Lord is for you and he will help you. You don't have to say a word. The Bible says that Jesus was at the whipping post and he didn't say a word. He just took what they was given to him and he walked his own way and his own path because his mind was was made up that his father's will was being done and if you get your mind made up that no matter who hates you your father's will is being done because it's not about the likes of many on Facebook but it's about the love of one a father in heaven who came down and gave freely the blood of his son so you cannot have a victorious life with a mindset of broken and hateful thoughts. Then he showed me, he said, praise is the land which victory resides. He told me you cannot have a victorious life and a defeated mouth. The holy hush is in the room now, and that means good preaching right there. That's what that means. You cannot have a victorious life and a defeated mouth or a tongue that defeats you in the private places. That's good preaching right there. i myself a pat on the back. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has given me victory. Songs of joy and victory are sung in the camp of the godly. The strong right arm of the Lord has done glorious things. The strong right arm of the Lord is raised In triumph, the strong right arm of the Lord has done glorious things. I will not die, instead I will live to tell what the Lord has done. David is saying here, I'm going to live a life of praise. No matter what people say about me, no matter what people do to me, if Absalom rapes my daughter, if if, if, if I get my kingdom overthrown, if Solomon loses control of the kingdom, I'm going to live a life of praise because I could have died at Saul's hand and I could have died at the Hand of the Philistines, but I know that God is the one that gave me the victory, so I will live a life of praise everywhere that I go and everything that I say. I will uplift in the name of the Lord and I will speak his praises and what marvelous, glorious things he has done. And so he writes this and he says, I will not die, instead, I will live to tell what the Lord has done. And some of you have been killing off things in your own life with that hateful tongue of yours and you need to get that thing under control. If you got to pour a bottle of oil down your throat and anoint that thing and tell it to be still and know that Jesus is still God the Bible says that that's probably the most deadly thing in the entire world is an untamed tongue we've got to get our tongue in check so we can praise and have victory residing in our lives. So now This is going to wreck theologies right here. But now victory is your responsibility and my responsibility. Victory is not up to Jesus. It's not up to the Father. It's not up to the Holy Ghost. Jesus said on the cross, it is finished. And then he gave up the ghost. Which means now how victorious that you live in this life is solely up to you. He said it is finished for all eternity. He spoke in a present tense so that way at any given point in time and you go read it, it's still finished. Whatever dispensation, whatever age you want to go into, it's still finished. Finished, and I want you to understand some things clearly. Now, I, I want you to very closely understand this. Uh, I'm done preaching right here. Psalm 34:19 says, "The righteous person faces many troubles, but the Lord comes to the rescue every time." John 16:33 says, "I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have." overcome the world. Romans 8 and 18 says, yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory he will reveal to us later. 2 Corinthians 4, 8 through 10 and 17 and 18 says, we are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not Destroyed through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. For our present troubles are small and won't last very long, that they won't produce for us, or yet they produce for us, a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. So you're not stuck, my friend. You're just stopped. So wake up, make up, rise up, grow up, show up, level up, because victory is yours. 1 John 5, 4 has one requirement to being a victor, to having a life of victory. 1 John 5, 4 says, for every child of God defeats this evil world. And we achieve this. And we achieve this victory through Our faith. That's why Hebrews said, now faith can't be yesterday's faith. He said, now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. By faith, the elders obtained a good report. By faith, Moses. By faith, Abraham. He said, now faith is what brings you victory. For every child of God defeats this evil world and we achieve this victory through our faith. Stand with me. I told you I didn't have much. I hope I gave you a little something-something to get you through the week. The victory is yours. And how victorious that you live from this day forward is up to you. It's your choice. It's not my choice. It's not the teller at the bank. It's not the cashier at Walmart. It is your choice. And the Holy Spirit told me, he said, I want for every person that comes tonight, just like we've seen in the clip, to have a change in our season. Want them to have a change in their season. Changing from defeat to victory by changing the three core principles, loving one another getting your mind right and getting that mouth under control. So I'm going to pray for y'all. As I pray, I want you to find a place and get with the Lord and ask him, say, Holy Spirit, come on the inside of me and allow me to be submissive to you so I can experience your victory through faith. Father God, I thank you right now for all that you've done. I pray that in the name of Jesus, you would come and move by the power of the Holy Ghost so we can experience you at a deeper level. We can know that there is but one true God, one God in heaven, one Father of all that still loves us. You're still near to us. You're not far off. You're not watching to see how our lives play out. You've already planned for us to triumph in every situation. It was your good purpose to cause us to triumph. Even when things are bad, it's still your will for us to have victory. Father, I praise you now for this. I pray that each and every individual in this room would have a season change where they everything in their life comes into alignment with the word of God to experience victory that they would have a life of victory, to be overcomers by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. I give you glory and praise. I call these things forth by the blood of Jesus.